And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Although, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we're going to tune in to Philo Vance Detective, starring Jackson Beck from 1949. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for learning the lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the names of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? You got it, Carl. I think you're learning. Yeah. So we are on the letter T. So all of the song titles begin with the letter T. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how it works. I'm just wow. making sure you're on board here. I'm surprised here. I okay. am that. <laughs> how was that X-Lax, by the way? Oh, it's still working. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> still working. Mike, how's Carl going to do? What do you think? Two out of three. Which two? Ain't Let's bad. be clear here. Definitely the second one is my guess. Okay. Um, and the first one. I agree. First and second. Okay. All right. Let's see how it goes. All right. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away. Sometimes I feel I got to run away. I, I got to get away. away. I got to get, get away, away from the pain you drive into the heart of me. Mm-hmm. The love we share seems to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I've lost my light for I toss and turn. I can't Sometimes sleep at I night. Feel Start start off again. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away. Is that um? Is that um? I've got to get away uh, from the pain you drive into the heart of me. The love we share seems to go nowhere, mm. and I've lost. Yeah, that's um. I, my that's, life. that's Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz, right? No, Mm-mm. no. Okay. Or I toss and turn. I can't sleep at night. Once I ran to you. Uh yeah. Oh uh, yeah! Once I ran, that's a that's a. Mm-hmm. Now I run from you. Yeah, now I run from you. These tainted love, right? Someone that's it. That's tainted it. Love. Tainted yeah. love. Stop self. Good one. Work that one out. Away, got <laughs> to get away. <laughs> kind of a blast from the past, right? Tainted love. Nowhere. I gotta get a record gig out of this show. Yeah, you so. keep saying that, but it's not happening for Somebody you. Somebody needs to Did call. Did Dolly me. finally call you? No. She called me. Oh, okay. But she didn't really mention that. Tainted love. Tainted love. And who sings this? Soft Cell. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Tainted Love. 
Wasted Love. All right. All right. I'm, I'm moving up, on. I'm up one. All right. Okay. Stare. Right. Okay. The first line is the title of okay. the song, okay. so I'm going to skip the first line. All right. Give you a heads up. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Staring slowly across the sky. Said goodbye. Did you have a little lisp there? Just a little bit of no, a lisp. Staring slowly across the sky. What did you say? I did not say that. You said it like that. I did not say it like that. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Let's start over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. No lisp. I know. Time. I'm trying to get into the rhythm of it, but you're okay. you're in my way. Get the tongue okay. out. Your tongue is in <laughs> okay. the way there. Okay. Um, staring slowly across the sky. Uh-huh. Said goodbye. Uh-huh. He was just a hired hand, working on the dreams he planned to try. Uh-huh. The days go by, even night. I'm sorry, every night when the sun goes down. This is not ringing any bells. Just another lonely boy in town. Uh-huh. And she's run, out running round. She wasn't just another woman, and I couldn't keep from coming on. It's been so long. Whoa. And it's a hollow feeling. I have no idea. All right, let's just play it. I don't know it. You do. It's another tequila the sunrise. Tequila sunrise? The Eagles? This is too slow. I don't know slow Come songs. Come on. Mike, I don't know slow songs. Do you know it now that you're listening to it? Barely. Wow. I don't I don't do slow songs. I can't just do rock and roll. That's just well, not fun. You gotta have a little variety. Spice I really of life. Don't know this song. Really? Nah. Interesting. Alright, well then Who sings it? we can get Eagles. It's a good song. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's not a good song because you didn't get it yeah, right. I didn't get so it. it's a crappy song. So yeah, it's not I didn't get it, so. Okay. Maybe I'm crap getting crappy in my old age. <laughs> I call my brother crappy. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm getting crappy. Maybe you are. I don't know. I've been telling you that am for I, years. Am I more crappy that you, like as I'm getting older, or was I crappy before, too? I think too? you're the same. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've always had the little crabbiness kind of tucked away. Oh, my God. It comes out every so often. It rears sometimes. its head. Oh, you know. Okay. Okay. Well, um, first of all, I'm cold. It's freezing in the studio. It's chilly in I'm here. I'm hungry. Yeah. Carl, I'm I, think, on... I think you're less crabby. Oh, good. Thanks, you do? Mike. Thank you, Mike. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm Really? Are you I've just mellowed. saying that? I've no, mellowed. I think he's a little less crabby. You know what, Mike? Before, I had like 22 employees. Remember? I had so many people, and now it's just, just the two of you and Kristen, right. my assistant, it's easy. I'm not cra- I'm not stressed. I yeah, know, but there's other life I used, stresses. When I had the business, I had 22 people. This is true. Like, right? Because, yeah, in the morning, yeah. all you did was complain to me. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm just like, it's like I got, and it was like a, people would come in my office all the time with this problem, this problem. I knew you then. Yeah. I knew you back then. So now I'm not crabby. You have other I, issues, I think I, though. I think my, <laughs> I think we'll Mike's, just leave it right there. I think Mike's right. I'm less crabby now. I don't see it. All right, so I didn't get that <laughs> song. All right, let's oh, try the next okay. one. Okay, All now right. here you go again. Now here you go here again. again. You okay. say you want your freedom. Well, now, here who am go. I to keep you down? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I know this song. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay. start it over. Okay. okay, now here you go there, again. Here you go again. You say you want your freedom. You well, you who am I freedom. to keep you down? Right. It's only right that you should play the way you feel it. 
Yeah. But listen carefully to the sound of your loneliness. Right. Like a heartbeat drives you mad. Like a heartbeat drives uh-huh. you mad. In the stillness. In the stillness. Of remembering, of remembering what you had. What you had. And what you lost. And what you lost. And what you had. And what you had. And what you lost. And what you lost. Oh, and I just led you up to the title. Oh. Prayers only love you when they're playing. Sorry, Play- players. Players only, only love, love you when you're playing. playing. And say, say women, say women they, will, they come will come and, and they, they will go. go. Yeah. When the rain washes you clean, you'll know. You'll know. Yeah. You now will here know. I go again. Here I go. I know this I song. I see the crystal visions. I keep my vision. Tell me who sings it. To myself. Just tell me who sings Fleetwood it. Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Okay. Is it fast enough for you? They will come. Listen. All right, now, take me right up to the. Here you go again. You, you say want, say you want right, your freedom. This is well, uh, this is Stevie I? Nicks. Yep. Yeah. Well, who am I to, to keep you down? down? Yeah. It's only uh, right that you should play the way you feel, feel it. it. But listen carefully to the sound. I I definitely know, but, we definitely but we're, know we're, it. we're out of time. All right, let's so. listen. Yeah, we're out of time. Go. It's got a very clear mind. The way you feel it, listen carefully to the sound of the loneliness, heartbeat drives man and the steel. And what you Thunder only happens when it's raining. Yeah. There it is. All right, it's tough. It. it was yeah. a tough one. Thunder but a great only song. Happens when it's raining. Yep. All right, thanks. All right. So I got one Good out try. of three. Ah. Darn, 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 darn. <laughs> it's all right. All right, when we come back, <laughs> Jackson Beck stars as Philo Vance. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, time for Philo Vance Detective. And this uh, was a character created by S.S. Van Dyne. That's a cool name, huh? 
SS Van Dyne, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Philo Vance was very popular in books, movies, and on radio. He was a stylish, highly intelligent, cultured PI. He wasn't like a tough, hard-boiled detective. He was like Sherlock Holmes, but he was Americanized. He worked out of New York. And there were movies about Philo Vance, William Powell and Warren William and Basil Rathbone, or Basil Rathbone, whatever you say, played him. Uh, On radio, Jose Ferrer played him first, and then Jackson Beck in a syndicated series by Frederick Ziv. And we just licensed all of these shows. We are going to offer them through Kickstarter and uh, do the trans uh, do the trans uh, uh, for of the uh, audio from the disc all the way to digital. So we're going to do that. Um, yeah, Jackson Beck. He was I met him. He was very cool. He has number two of his Afra card. Is it was an Afra mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. Aftra. Mm-hmm. He was number two member of Afra. Jackson Beck. He showed me his card. I was very proud of it. Uh, he he starred as Philo Vance in this series that ran. Uh, on radio from uh, like 1940, I think it was 47, to about 50. Uh, this is called The Combination Murder Case, June 14, 1949. Here's Philo Vance Detective. Put the car in the garage for me, Jonesy. Right ho, Miss Dixon, right ho. I'm finished with the lawn, anyhow. Oh, Miss Dixon, that young David Allen is in the house. He's been waiting for you. I saw him come in. Let him wait. Do him good. <laughs> when I was a young fella, gal didn't treat a fiancé like that, no, sir? Fiancé? You mean ex-fiancé? Well, in that case, I guess it's different. I didn't know. Neither did he till this morning. Where's he waiting? Inside, somewhere, miss. I'll just put the car in the garage. Good enough. Take over, Jonesy. Yes, sir. Been pushing a lawnmower all day. Now I get to have something push me. <laughs> now for a session. That you, Joyce? Yes, yes, it's me. I'll be right in. There you are, Joyce. I've been waiting for you. Whoever would have guessed. What's the matter? Didn't you get my letter? Yes. It came this morning. First thing this morning before I left for the office. Well, if you got my letter, what are you doing here? It said pretty plainly that you and I were washed up, didn't it? Because if it didn't, I'll tell you now. We're all washed up. Now beat it. All right, Joyce, I'll go, but tell me why. What have I done? Done? You haven't done anything wrong, if that's what you mean. Except for the fact that you have no money, and that doesn't matter because I've got plenty. You're perfect. You're good-looking, normal, and your nails are always clean. There's nothing wrong with you except that you're dull, that's all. So because there's nothing wrong with me, there's something wrong. Well, maybe there is something wrong with me. Something that you don't know anything about. Oh, this I've got to hear. Look, Joyce, I know where you get your money. I know that you don't own an honest dollar. Why shouldn't you know that? You work for the man who takes care of my business. You realize that all I have to do is tell what I know about where your money comes from and you'll go to jail. Oh, now we're getting around a blackmail, are we? Well, that's a point in your favor. I never tell unless you make me, unless you... Do what you said you were going to do in that letter. And then what? Then I'll see to it that I'm not the only one that's hurt. Joyce, you've always had everything your own way. It's about time you were paid off. You've been getting away with murder all your life. Oh, I have, have I? I've been getting away with murder all my life. Yes, you have. Keep talking, Alan. You're giving me an idea. 
Good heavens, my boy. Stop sitting at your desk mooning. What if our beloved client decided not to marry you? Forget it. I can't, Mr. Stone. You know, there's a strange philosophy employed by young men. Unless they garb their thoughts in the deepest black when a romance is done, to their minds the romance was not worthwhile. <laughs> Come, boy, we have some figures to go over. Now, Miss Dixon's income for last week from the two gambling houses was... Now, let me see how much... I'll answer it, Mr. Stone. Oh, sorry, lad. Can't have any of my clients hear that voice of yours on the phone this morning. They'll think things are desperate in this office. Well, aren't they? That, my boy, we shall discuss in a moment. Hello. Uh, Bartley Stone speaking. Uh, Mr. Stone. This is Jones, Miss Dixon's gardener. Well, what is it, Jones? Mr. Stone, I've been gardener of the Dixon family for 20 years. If Miss Dixon's parents were alive, I could go to them, but now I don't know what to do. Come, man, what is all this? Well, Mr. David Allen, the young man who works for you, Mr. Stone. Yes. Last night, he and Miss Dixon had a terrible argument. After I put the car away, I heard them threaten each other, and... Well, Mr. Stone, they both sounded as if they meant it. Oh, they both did, eh? I kind of would like you to do something about that, Mr. Stone. I definitely will. Uh, thank you for calling, Jones. Goodbye. That was Miss Dixon's gardener, Alan. So I gathered when you mentioned his name. He said there was rather a serious quarrel at the house last night. I'm surprised that you lost your temper, my boy. Look, let's not pretend any longer. Of course, you realize I know Miss Dixon owns a string of gambling houses. But I also know how you've been stealing from her. So, don't you try to be the big white father to me. Alan, my boy, you surprised me. Yes? You surprised me greatly. And in the light of your remarks, perhaps I might relieve poor Joan's mind. He begged me to do something about your threatening Miss Dixon. You know, Alan, I think Jones has something there. Come. Mr. Markham? That's right. Please come in. Your secretary said it was all right to come in. Yes, she let me know you were coming. You're Miss Dixon. That's right. Joyce Dixon. All right to sit down? Please do. Allow me. Look, Markham, let's you and I not kid each other. You're the district attorney and you know a lot about me, only you haven't been able to prove anything, right? Go ahead, Miss Dixon. I came up to tell you a couple of things. One is that I'm selling out. I won't be operating after this week. And the other things? I'll take them in order. My money is being handled by a guy named Stone, Bartley Stone. You know him? Vaguely. Well, that's all anybody ever knows him. He's been stealing from me every week for I don't know how long, but I don't mind that. You don't? No, why should I? He runs my business, and he's stealing less than the next guy would, so what's the difference? Mm -hmm. But he's got a young kid working for him, a kid named David Allen. I was engaged to him until yesterday. Nothing you've said sounds like a matter for you to come to me with, Miss Dixon. I don't want any matter concerning me to come to you, Markham. Especially, I don't want you investigating my murder. See what I mean? Oh. Uh, I wish you could stay a few minutes longer, Miss Dixon. My friend Philo Vance is expected here any minute, and there's nothing he likes better than to meet an intended murder victim. Think I'm kidding, don't you? No, I don't think so. But I think you know you've caused my office a great deal of trouble in the past, and, well, you're not exactly one of our favorite people. That means it's okay for somebody to murder me? Not at all. But the point is that... Well, hello. Vance, come in. Thank you. This is Miss... Joyce jo Dixon. How do you do, Miss Dixon? I'm Philo Vance. How do you know my name? We've never met. No, that's right, we haven't. But your initials are on your handbag, the name Joyce is on that pin you're wearing on your blouse, and besides, Mr. Markham's secretary told me. <laughs> what are you upset about, Miss Dixon? 
Who says I'm upset? You say it. Oh, not in words, but there's a bit of polish peeled from the index finger of your left hand. Women generally do that when their nerves are acting up. Not only that, but you undoubtedly left your home in a hurry. Now, wait a minute, Vance. If there were anything obviously wrong with the way Miss Dixon is dressed... Look, both of you, stop taking me apart. All right, so I'm nervous, I'm upset. I did leave my house in a hurry. Who cares? But how did you know, Vance? A woman's curiosity finally triumphing over her sophistication. Miss Dixon, your makeup is very revealing. You neglected to use mascara on the eyelashes of your right eye. The other eye is made up perfectly. Either you were too upset to realize what you had missed doing, or too much in a hurry to leave, or both. Okay, so it was both. Now, let's stop this before you tell me what I had for breakfast. Look, Vance, I came up here to see Markham, but now that I get a look at you, I'd rather talk to you. Well? How'd you like to be my bodyguard? Professionally. What else? Hmm, I'm sorry, but I'm not interested. Now, Markham, Let's I... say my escort. Well... I'm on a spot, Vance. Markham will tell you all about it. There are at least two guys who'd be happy to see me dead. And I've got an idea they're not the patient type. Miss Joyce, if what you really want is protection, the police will supply that. Skip it, Markham. I don't only want protection. I want Vance. Hello? Joe's Diner. Oh, hi. Uh, this is Dave Allen, apartment 3A in the boarding house on the corner. Uh, can you deliver some food up here? Uh, it's a little late, Mr. Allen, 10 o'clock. Well, it won't take you a minute. Okay. What do you want? Get me some tomato juice, a sandwich of some kind, and a bottle of milk. Uh, what kind of a sandwich? We got all kinds. Oh, I don't care uh, anything. Uh, how about a combination sandwich? Okay. Have it up in five minutes. Tomato juice, sandwich, and a bottle of milk. Anything else? Yes, but it's nothing you can do anything about. That is some dramatic organ music there, Lisa. That sets the tone, Carl. I like it. You know, this this show was a syndicated show, you know, Philo Vance. It was not the high-budget programs that had the full orchestra and all that. This was uh, recorded in New York with all New York actors. And it was kind of like, all right, you know, we do like one or two rehearsals and we knock it out, you know, around the table and we knock it out, we record it. And they had an organ, one person playing the organ. Um, the organist was Henry Silvern, same person that did the organ music for Boston Blackie. Mm. Um, and I think these were recorded really at the same studio, Mutual had a recording studio that Frederick Ziv rented, right, paid rent to have that studio in New York and uh, recorded all these Philo Vance, along with Boston Blackie later, and I think Cisco. no, Cisco Kid was done in Hollywood. But anyway, we're listening to The Combination Murder Case, starring Jackson Beck, along with uh, Joan Alexander in this cast. Uh Good episode. June 14th, 1949 was the original broadcast date. And then they would syndicate it. They would send like a record around to all the radio stations to carry that week's show. Hope you're enjoying it. We'll get back to Philo Vance after this short break. I'm still 
If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, Mike Bubblebath Costello with the best bumpers in town. I think this is a Beatles tune, right? Correct. Or some, is it a Beatles? Yeah, yes, it is. Sounds like it. Um, yeah, Mike, how's things? They're good. Yeah? All right. Went fast tonight. We're almost done with the show. This is true. You know? And uh, while I was uh, doing the radio show here, I was also sort of in a little meeting. There's a little bit of craziness going on at Columbia College. Oh, yeah. Micah also teaches um, recording and... A um, couple of audio engineering classes. Yeah, audio engineering at Columbia. So um, he's very, very talented. That's why the show always sounds so great. And he's uh, kind of the unsung hero. We're on the air, but Mike's behind the scenes making it all happen, pushing uh, most all the buttons. Every once in a while, I have to push one button or two, but... And I complain about it, too. You got all the sound effects. Yeah, I have the so sound effects. you're responsible for all of that. <laughs> but it would not be on the air were it not for Mike Bubblebath Costello. This is true. Yeah, plus all the shows that sound so great. He uh, He's in charge of that, too. So a lot on his plate. And we want to thank you, Mike, for all that you do. You're welcome. Um, we are listening to Philo Vance, a uh, 1949 broadcast, June 14th. It's called The Combination Murder Case, starring Jackson Beck. Here's the conclusion. I will have your table in just one moment, Monsieur Vance. Thank you, Jacques. Well, Miss Dixon? Having wonderful time. Glad you are here. Thank you. The show you picked out was real good, Vance. And this joint is real classic. In any event, you have been safe all evening. That I have. Well, you've brought me up to date on your situation, Miss Dixon, but you haven't told me too much about your ex-fiancee, David Allen. How about that? About Dave? Well, let's see. He's tall, blonde, wears heavy glasses, eats only what's good for him, salad, stuff like that, drinks milk all the time, and wears three-button suits, only he buttons all three buttons. You know the type? <laughs> Quite well. Sounds rather conventional. Well, that in itself is enough for me to dislike the guy. Oh, here's the head waiter. Right this way, if you please, Monsieur Vance. I Thank think you. I have your Vance. Oh, Vance. Oh, excuse me just a moment, please. I'll be right there, Markham. Markham? wonder what he wants. Jacques, would you please escort the lady to my table? My pleasure, Monsieur. Don't be long, then. You should have enough conceit to believe that I'll want to hurry. Excuse me, please. This way, if you please, Miss Dixon. The table is right this way. What is it, Markham? Vance, I'm glad I found you. Your very efficient secretary told me you were here. Her very efficient employer always gives her his itinerary, Markham. What's the matter? 
Vance, David Allen, the ex-fiancé of the young lady you've been escorting all evening, was found shot to death an hour ago. Really? Where? In his room. From what we can gather, he came in at 10 o'clock and immediately ordered something from a place called Joe's Diner on the phone. At 10.15, the man from the diner found the door open and Allen dead. Well, this started out as a pleasant evening. Now it's becoming an interesting one. I'm going to go to work on this case at once, Markham. And perhaps I'll get some food for thought at Joe's Diner. to me a thing like this happens. Only to me. You'll realize why I'm asking you these questions. No, I don't, Mr. Vance, and I don't care. Only to me does a thing like this happen. Ten o'clock, I'm ready to quit work, and I gotta take an order from a guy who gets killed a couple of minutes later. Now, let me get the facts straight. Mr. Allen called you at ten o'clock. On the nose. He orders a tomato juice, a combination sandwich, and a bottle of milk, and he hangs up. Only to me does a thing like this happen. Then he gets killed. Yes, and only to him did a thing like that happen. Well, thank you very much. I have an idea that what you've told me is very important, which makes it exceptionally important that I find out what it means. Vance, there are too many things about this case I don't understand. No explanations yet, Markham. That is, none that would satisfy you. Well, we'll find out in a moment about Mr. Stone. He's Miss Dixon's business manager, and David Allen worked for him. Yes. Now, let's hope he's at home. There's one way to find out. That's his apartment door. <laughs> I see what you mean. <laughs> I don't hear anything from inside, Vance. I don't either. You know, it is possible that Mr. Stone isn't at home, even though it is two in the morning. Yes, it is. No question about it. It's also possible Mr. Stone took a sleeping pill, fell asleep, and is too drowsy to hear our knocking. Oh, please, Vance, stop being so logical. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm coming. Oh. Who is it making all that... Oh, the district attorney. Hello, Stone. This is Philo Vance. How do you do? At some other time, under some other circumstances... Meeting the great Philo Vance would indeed be a pleasure. Gentlemen, I've been asleep. I've taken a sleeping pill. Vance I... figured as much, Mr. Stone, but we've got to come in and talk to you. Very well. Come in. <laughs> but if I fall asleep, it won't be the company. You understand that, my friends. Neither the company nor the hour. <laughs> Merely the pill I took. Please come in. Thank you. And now, gentlemen, what is it that I can... That undoubtedly must be for one of you. It can't be for me at this hour. Why not try answering it, Mr. Stone? Excellent idea. Yes. Hello? Hello, Bartley. Oh, Joyce. What is it you want at this time of night? Bartley, come over to my house at once before the police get here. My gardener, Jonesy, has been murdered, and I've got to talk to you. Oh, I see. Well, I'll call you later. You no. can talk to her now, Mr. Stone. We could hear Miss Dixon very plainly. The police are here now, Joyce. Oh. I'll be right over. Goodbye. Goodbye. So Miss Dixon's gardener has been murdered. I'll get Sergeant Heath on the phone at once. Do that, Markham. Oh, by the way, Mr. Stone, 
How long had you been sleeping, would you say? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I guess I stopped reading about midnight. What time is it now? 2 a.m. Well, what about it, man? Why the question? You were reading in bed, of course. That's right. I put on my pajamas, took a pill, and got into bed. Did you now? Mr. Stone, do you always put your pajama coat over the shirt you wore today? You ought to be a little more careful. The collar's quite visible. You'd been out. Only came in a few minutes before Markham and I knocked. Where had you been? Wouldn't you like to guess? Yes. And wouldn't you like to know what I've guessed? This is District Attorney Markham. Philo Vance says to call this the combination murder case. It opened with a completely conflicting situation. David Allen, former fiancé of Joyce Dixon, was found dead in his room at 10.15. And a nearby restaurant reported he had ordered a light snack at 10 o'clock. While the medical examiner is conducting his investigation, Vance and I have learned of the death of a man named Jones, Miss Dixon's gardener. My men report that Bartley Stone, business advisor to Miss Dixon, is at her home now. There's always waiting. Now let me see, my dear. This is quite a problem. Quite a problem. I don't need you to tell me that. Listen, Bartley. I have an alibi for Dave Allen's death. I was with Vance. But I was at home when Jonesy was killed in his quarters. Why did you kill him, my dear? I kill him? Why should I kill him? I don't know. But if you didn't, why send for me? Now, look, Bartley, let's not get cute with each other. I don't want any investigations around me. I can't take them, and nobody knows that better than you. Well? You've got to do something for me. If anybody asks you any questions, you can tell them that you were with me. That you met me as soon as Vance left me at the Golden Eagle nightclub. You were with me for hours. <laughs> preposterous, my dear, preposterous. Vance and the district attorney were at my apartment when you phoned about Joan's murder. I've told you that. Yes, but you also told me that Vance figured you weren't asleep at all, but had just come in. Okay, so you admit you just came in. You were with me. That's I, all there is to it. I admit that sounds very good for you. Why should I lie for you? For a very good reason, because I can send you to jail for mishandling my money if you don't. You can send me to jail? My dear, where do you think you'll be when you do? All I have to do is talk, you know. You won't talk, and you'll say what I told you to. Now, Joyce, put down that ashtray. Put it down. We can discuss this reasonably. You'll tell Vance you were with me, do you hear? Now, Joyce, listen. Keep away from me. You and I can make a deal. Put that ashtray down. You'll tell Vance we were together? No. You practically sent out an invitation for this, Bartley. You begged for it. No, no, don't. Don't. Uh... Hello? Miss Dixon, this is Philo Vance. Oh, hello, Mr. Vance. Rather late for a social call and much too late for a business call, isn't it? I'm just trying to make an appointment for breakfast with you. Can Markham and I pick you up at, say, 9.30? I don't know why not. No, but I'll wager you'd like to know what for. Now, Markham, please stop concentrating. It's a beautiful morning, and we're on the way to the home of a very definite suspect, Miss Joyce Dixon. Suspect in which murder, Vance? Both murders. She has a slight alibi for the time when Dave Allen was murdered. She was with you. So it would seem. But I'm not certain she was. Well, we know Allen came into his room and ordered something to eat at 10 o'clock and was found dead at 10.15. Or do we? The murderer would like us to believe that, I'm sure. In fact, that might be the reason poor Jones was murdered. Vance, you're going much too fast to suit me. And much too slowly to suit me. 
Uh, drop me at the corner of Miss Dixon's house, Markham. I'd like to go in there alone, if you don't mind. I'll do it on one condition. Tell me when this case will be over and why you think that Alan might have been killed long before 10 o'clock, at which time we think he called Joe's diner. All right, Markham, I will. Wait a minute. What is it, Vance? I've just thought of something. You drop in on Miss Dixon, Markham. Stay with her all day if you have to, or get a police guard for her. What's going on, Vance? I'm going on to see Bartley Stone again. One piece of information, and by this evening, Markham, I think I can promise you this will no longer be an unsolved murder case. Nasty cut on your head, Mr. Stone. What happened to you? An accident, thanks. I hardly imagined you'd done it on purpose. Mr. Stone, there's only one question I have to ask you. By all means, sir. By all means. I'm quite at your service. Thank you. You see, Mr. Stone, I believe that David Allen and the gardener were killed by the same murderer. And I think I know who that is. Oh? Oh. Tell me this one thing. Did you ever have dinner with Allen? Did you know anything about his personal habits? I didn't associate with my employees, Vance. But I did have lunch with Allen several times. <laughs> did I tell you what you want to know? Not yet. Tell me a little more about him. Things you do know. He was quiet. Reserve, conservative. He was a vegetarian, and he never drank anything but milk. Very healthy young man, sir. You'd think he'd have lived to be a hundred. Now, have I told you what you want to know? You most certainly have. And now I'll tell you something you might not want to know. By midnight tonight, you'll be in jail. <laughs> Uh, don't get up, Miss Dixon. I'll answer the phone. It's my house, Markham, or am I under arrest? No, not yet, but I'll still answer the phone. Hello. That you, Markham? Yes, Vance. Where are you? I've just left Bartley Stone. Listen, Markham, is Miss Dixon there with you? Of course. Why? Ask her this question. I'll hold the phone. Ask her if Jones, the gardener, was ever in the house when David Allen was being served anything to eat. Just a minute, Vance. Oh, Miss Dixon. Well, what is it? Vance would like to know whether your gardener ever saw your ex-fiancé, Dave Allen, have dinner at this house. No, he never did. I didn't allow the gardener in the dining room. All right, so what does that make me, a snob? I don't know yet. Oh, Vance. Yes, Markham, I heard Miss Dixon. Tell her it doesn't make her a snob. Tell her it makes her a murderer. <laughs> got here, Vance. What's the idea of having me held here in my own house? That was my idea. It was to prevent you from killing anyone else, Miss Dixon. Oh, really? And just who am I supposed to have killed? Your ex-fiancé and your gardener. And I don't doubt that you might also try to kill Bartley Stone, which is one reason I thought I might have to confine him to jail for safekeeping. <laughs> Philo Vance, the great mastermind. You stand there and tell me I murdered a man who was killed at 10 o'clock at night while I was with you at 10 o'clock. Oh, brilliant deduction, Vance. Don't understand how you do it. David Allen wasn't killed at 10 o'clock. Hmm? 
The police believed he was because of that phone call made to Joe's diner. Only, Mr. Allen didn't make that call. Your gardener did. Oh, you were there and saw him, I suppose. I didn't have to be there. You see, your gardener picked up the phone at your orders, and he told Joe's diner to send him some food. But he included in that food something that told me the whole story. He included a combination sandwich. Very interesting. And that proves conclusively that I killed Alan. It doesn't sound as if it would, but it does. You see, a combination sandwich consists of ham and cheese. Alan was a vegetarian, but your gardener didn't know that. Alan would never have ordered a sandwich with meat in it. So Bartley Stone could have been the man making the call, establishing an alibi of his own. No? No. Stone knew that David Allen was a vegetarian, and he isn't the kind of man who'd forget. I'm not the kind of girl who forgets. You know, you really are brilliant, Vance. By the process of elimination, you figured I killed Allen, then killed my gardener so that he could never say he covered up for me. Exactly. And right now, you're imagining you're going to kill me. Oh. It's more than imagination. I'm going to do it. Right now. Please put down that ha. gun, Miss Dixon. Mine ha. is pointing directly at you. Markham, where did you come from? I'll take that gun, young I... lady. And in answer to your question, I've been in the back of the drapes in this room. Vance asked me to be on hand. I'm very glad I did. Well, now you know I killed two men. I made the mistake of practically admitting it. Vance, what made you suspect me? Tell me that. It'll make me a little happier. What made me suspect you? Merely the fact that you wanted me around the night David Allen was killed. You wanted it to be known that you were with me at 10 o'clock, at which time you had your gardener presumably establish the time of death. It was a little too rigged. Didn't strike me right. That's fine. You get a hunch, I get a murder rap. Well, that's the way things go, I suppose. I'd like to know one thing, Miss Dixon. Why did you kill your ex-fiancée? He was going to turn rat, tell what he knew about me, just to convince me he wasn't such a goody-goody. And that was the end of him, even though he didn't know it at the time. Yes, Markham, that was the end of him. That also was the end of a faithful servant who tried to cover up a crime for Miss Dixon. And this is the end of the combination murder case. <laughs> That's Philo Vance Detective from June 14th, 1949, the combination murder case. Uh, that was program 49 in the series starring Jackson Beck, produced by Frederick W. Ziv. And this is a series that we will transfer all, I think it's like um, close to a couple hundred episodes of this, Lisa. We will um, we will transfer all of those uh, in an upcoming um in an upcoming Kickstarter campaign. But the next one we're going uh, to transfer is Boston Blackie, my favorite radio show. All right, time for this month in music history. All right, we're finishing off the 1940s with this jive. I love coffee. I love tea. I love Java Jive. This is Java Jive, the in. 
Ink Spots, 1940. Yeah, it reached number 17 on the pop chart. Yeah. And uh, this is considered to be the definitive version of this song. Try getting that out of your uh, shirt. Ink spots. Ink spots. That might be tough. <laughs> I don't think pens leak like they used to. Like we had those big pens oh, that they had used to those leak all the time. Insides. I don't think they leak like that anymore. No, they fix those. Now. They fix that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks. Wolf. That is the ink spots, as she said, and that's uh, time for a break. Let's take a break here on Hollywood 360. We'll be right back. Draw one. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, Lisa, we took a lot of calls for 60 shows for 60 bucks, and that is quite the offer, quite the uh, deal, I should say. And a lot of people took us up on that offer. You get 60 half-hour radio shows, uh, all kinds of different shows, westerns, comedies, mysteries, detective. And uh, they're in uh, six different cases with um, historical liner notes, all for only $60. Imagine that, 60 shows on 30 CDs for 60 bucks, And it's only while supplies last. And this makes a tremendous Christmas gift for yourself. Or for someone else. We had a lot of people that asked us to ship it somewhere and um, as a Christmas gift, and we did. Or we will, I should say, on Monday. So if you want to call us and place an order while supplies last, if we don't answer, that just means we are on the phone with someone else or we may be in our car driving home, right? Yeah. I was going to say, I really noted how many people actually bought it for themselves as as we are, you know, placing this for a gift, but it's really a nice gift for someone or it's a really nice uh, gift to add to your own collection. Yeah, Christmas is right around the corner. So if you would like to order 60 half-hour classic radio shows for 60 bucks plus $10 shipping and handling, you can call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. If we don't answer, we will call you back. So just leave your uh, telephone number. Next week, we're going to start our Christmas programming, Lisa. We'll have an hour-long episode of The Big Show. We've never aired one of those. Tallulah Bankhead is the host. Then it's Dragnet, the Jack Benny program, and Father Knows Best. So don't miss it. Be sure to visit our official website at Hollywood360Radio.com. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Bubblebath-Costello, and my crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying stay safe. We'll see you next week. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.